Hello, my name is Anthea, and welcome to the final episode of Out of Frame, a podcast series dedicated to recording the stories of creativity from local Perthville's artists. Joining me today to discuss sculpture and printmaking, specifically silkscreen printing, is Graham Pages Oliver. Welcome back for the final episode of Out of Frame. My name is Anthea Elsner, and joining me today is the wonderful Graham Pages Oliver. And Graham, how are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Anthea. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So if you would like to introduce your art form, Graham, for me a little, please. Well, my art form is printmaking, um, and um, I do like to do low-relief sculptural okay. compositions as well. But basic, basically printmaking. Yeah. And so what really is printmaking? Well, printmaking uh, can come in many forms like lino prints where you have a raised surface that you ink up and press onto the, the paper or, yeah. or a, a metal plate that you etch and sort of ink up and also press onto paper. But my even though I, I studied off and I started doing um, silk screen printing oh, okay. at, at weight or curtain now, over the years that's progressed so it's become more digital so I now actually do the designs digitally print out a, if I'm going to screen print I would print out onto a clear film that becomes my negative that I expose to a light sensitive silk screen oh, okay to create the the screen to to make the print awesome and so what really sparked your interest in printmaking if I sort of go back to my childhood, I was sort of fascinated by drawing and painting, uh, watercolour painting, and I also have a, an image of myself sort of looking at books and magazines and wondering how the print had actually got onto the oh, paper, yeah. and especially the images that were broken up into little dots. Yes. And so that's always fascinated me. And then over the years, at, when I was at Teachers College, I, be, I got into the printing option and sort of became aware of the techniques of printing. Okay. Offset printing, and uh, at one stage I was um, working in the education department designing magazines for ab Aboriginal students throughout the Kimberley region. So again, oh. I was design. I was. So were you actually up in the Kimberley whilst you were well, doing Well, that was the next step. I actually ran a print cell in Derby. Oh wow! And where I was designing, and I had an offset printer, and they were printing the magazines and books that we sent out right through the Kimberley region. So, That's really cool. So I've always had that interest in printing and it's become digital over the years. Yeah, so I've had technology to sort of, has changed yeah, and yeah. progressed and everything. Exactly. And a lot of my prints now, I just do my, on my large format inkjet printer. Oh, perfect. Design, you know, start with drawing, take them into the computer, play around with them, get them to the size that I want and then print them out on large A2 sheets of paper mm -hmm. that I come back over and work back into and hand paint and that sort of thing. That's pretty cool, because my next question was going to be, what materials do you use for printmaking? So, has it really changed as technology has, or do you still find that you're using fairly similar? Um, it's certainly, it's not the traditional printmaking now with your just paper and, mm. and whatever form of printmaking you're doing. It has, it's progressed, and like with my large format inkjet printer, I can virtually print on anything. So you can have, I can print on canvas, different sorts of paper, you know, uh, glossy paper, yeah. matte paper. Uh, to get I, those different looks that you're going for. Yeah, and I prefer the printing on a, an acid-free um, watercolour paper that's got it, that's milled fairly smooth 
and then I can print on it and then I can come back and hand paint into it. Okay, so you're sort of mixed media in yeah, that way as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's really cool. And do you remember the first print you ever made? The first print I ever made was probably when I was at Teachers College and we did a lino print and put it on the offset press and it was sort of a Christmas card type of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but lino print is when you dig out. Yes. Yeah, yeah you yeah. dig out the... The areas that the you areas. don't want to print. Yeah. yeah. So you dig away the negative space and you're left with a raised, like a stamp. Yeah. A, a raised then, bit that you then ink up. That's really cool. And what do you reckon is the best thing about being an artist? Well, I enjoy it because it sort of takes you into a different world. I find it sort of time sort of disappears. Okay. When you're creatively involved in a project. And I enjoy that with the restraints of sort of uh, having a family sort of growing up with a family I haven't been able to do that all the time and I've had to work mm. so but it's kind of your place to really go into yourself and kind of refocus the mind in a way yes yeah and a lot of my work recently has been more intuitive and okay. so you you're virtually clearing the mind and sort of just starting to draw and see what develops and okay I had an exhibition a number of years ago that was based on that where I did a drawing every week and it was sort of, I initially didn't know what where the drawing was going to lead to. Often led to a tree. And, it, okay. and um, that tree was in a landscape. The tree in the landscape was actually reflecting how I was feeling on that, that particular week. And so it was interesting to do that for a year and to see, you know, to see the range of um, works that I did. And it was called, I called that exhibition My Inner Tree. <laughs> perfect, yeah. perfect name for it. Well, that's quite interesting because I was going to ask you how you go about your creative process. Like, do you sit down and you plan it out from start to finish and then go forth or do you let it come out more naturally, I suppose? It's a, it's a bit of both. It's okay. With the, I, I try to sort of uh, work intuitively. Uh, things will pop into my mind and I'll try and develop them. But because it's I'm using technology, I need to plan the steps to fit into yeah, that, true, the, true. the process. But... Um, I'm fairly open as I'm working through that process and it might sort of go in one direction or another direction or, or whatever. Cool. And what do you find is your greatest source of inspiration? Probably my own mind, but sort of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, I, a lot of my work years ago used to be what people, what, what you see, like, and it's sort of a landscape or something like that. But over the years, I've sort of become less inclined to do that and sort of just focus on my work has probably become more abstract uh, okay. and it's sort of, it's more, as I said before, intuitive. So Yeah, almost in a way it's a dreamscape in a way, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you mentioned silkscreen printing before. What mm. exactly is that? Silkscreen printing is where you have a frame, a wooden frame, mm. and a s silk stretched across it. So you've got all the holes in the silk that the ink will penetrate through. Okay. And to stop it sort of going where you don't want it, you have a you put on a I forget the word for it. You put on a template on that. Okay. So it masks the areas that you don't want the yeah to kind of cover it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you can make those those out of paper. You can hand cut areas that you want the ink to go through. But I, as I said, I I use a photographic method where I light sensitize the silk and make a negative, expose it to an ultraviolet light source and then wash it out and the areas that have been exposed, they sort of remain oh, okay. and the bit that haven't, they wash away. Oh, that's cool. And so you can get really fine, fine line work that way. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
So what's the main purpose of using silk specifically, like rather than any other material? That's a tricky one. It's sort of, you get a different effect. You're layering the ink on top of the paper, whereas, mm -hmm. whereas the lino block print or an etching block print is pushing it into the paper. Oh, okay. So it's a planographic process. You're layering these layers of paint on the paper. So if you do one print and then you can come back and do another print over that, and it's okay. sort of layers. So, so it's the difference in the application yeah, of yeah. the ink. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. All right. And then you also do sculpture. So how did that come into play? Well, my sculpture work is, when I was at Curtin, I, I did ceramics as well. Oh, okay. And so a lot of my sculptural work was based on my ceramics and um, and some of my um, work up in the Kimberley region, mm. um, whereas like that there is one of those boab boab trees. Yes, that, I have noticed in yeah. a couple of your works. Yeah, so the sculpture work has mainly been in ceramics, but I like to sort of get that the low sculptural compositions that are sort of um, it's sort of it's sort of that sort of trying to get a mixture of techniques okay. and I'd like to get printmaking involved in it as well. Yeah because I did notice that some of your sculptures would then be combined with some of your printmaking and they were usually really interesting yes. pieces of art which I personally quite like. So how do you go about combining the two because I would think they're fairly different methods. Yeah see that that was based that idea is um, based on some of my ceramic work yeah but and then I sort of use photographs of rocks up in the Kimberley region okay. and I sort of photographically made a similar composition that I would have made in ceramics like the turn top and that, oh, I, that sort right. of thing. Yeah, cool. um, so it all, it all goes back to those techniques, traditional techniques or that I've learnt, you know, ceramics and so on. Mm -hmm. mm. And how much time does it usually take you to complete an artwork? It's hard to say because some I've got a few ideas percolating in my mind, and if you take <laughs> take that as the you know the first step, it might be about three months. <laughs> True. But, it, but actually, getting it down on a piece of paper might might just take a couple of days. True, true. Mm. And have you ever tried to create a hidden meaning or a message in any of your work, or is it purely art for art's sake? It's purely art for art's sake. I don't particularly like this sort of. Uh, have a message in okay. my work. Um, I'm not sort of um, trying to force a message. Um, and if people like it, they like it. Perfect. Mm. And what do you reckon artists have as a role in society? Well, I sort of, I'm really not quite sure of that. I know some artists are out there and sort of feel comfortable about having a role in society. I'm a bit sort of um, the opposite. I'm quite happy to sort of be doing my own thing. And if people sort of discover it and like it, I'm happy with that. Okay. Um, so I'm not into pushing my work out with a message for society or being a part of a big movement in, okay. in society, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And you've mentioned your exhibitions before. Um, what was it like when you put together your very first one? Pretty daunting, I'd say. It was a long time ago. Um, it's it's a sense of achievement, I oh, suppose. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and a sense of relief. But it's sort of something you just keep wanting to do. It's not because of the, you know, having the people and sort of any acclamation that you get. But I think it's something that you've, I feel that artists need to do. Sort of, it sort of draws a line. You've done a lot of work up to a point, and sort of say, there's the exhibition. So, 
it's a statement you've finished and sort of you can then move on and it inevitably goes to another exhibition yeah but yeah. it's sort of like different stages yeah of yeah. your life yeah. in a way yeah and i guess also then bringing it from yourself and you've worked with it and it's kind of been yours for as long as you've been progressing with it and then once you put it out into the public domain and then be like here it is yeah like ha respond to it yeah yeah Oh, that's cool. And then potentially a tricky question, but do you have a favourite creation and why? I don't particularly have a favourite creation, but I, I know I keep coming back to similar motives that, okay. are, that re reoccur in my work, such as, you know, the that uh, ceramic shape with the hole in the centre. Yeah, I've also noticed trees and then with a circle behind it, yeah, either yeah. like a sunset-y colour yes. scheme or sometimes... Um, moon yes yeah, yeah. i have noticed that like reoccur a couple of times yeah. which i like yeah cool. the, the tree symbol is a reoccurring symbol i use and my ceramics in the garden they had the same sort of theme running through them yeah cool and what do you do to keep yourself motivated when you've worked on a piece for a while once once i'm actually working on a piece it's quite easy to be motivated okay. it's sort of like janet will say that i um i become obsessed <laughs> and so I just keep thinking about it until it's resolved and keep working on it. And then I know when it's resolved, it's it's gone. I sort of then can move on. Okay, well, how do you know when a piece is done, though? You just know. You just know. Yeah, you just step yeah. back and be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ah, don't and, need to do more. Yeah, and you, you can walk away and sort of look at it, come back the next day and look at it, and maybe then you might say, oh, that's not working, and, <laughs> and you come back to that. But most cases, you walk away and come back a few days later and say, yeah, that's done. That's finished. Awesome. And what do you think it means to be original or unique in your work or in art? To me, what it means is it's part of me that I'm giving. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's not copying a technique or copying a style. It's sort of, that's probably why my, my work sort of flows from ceramics to low relief sculptures to printmaking. It's sort of, it's just merging Mm, and me. you're drawing in all of your different experiences exactly. with this and yeah. kind of moulding it into one. Yeah, so it should represent you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever found it difficult to promote yourself in Perth? Uh, promotion is, I have found difficult uh, because I'm not the type of person who'll get out there and promote myself. Um, I have a website and um, I've done all the... In the past, I had a Facebook site, had a shop, online shop, and all that sort of thing. But it sort of, I just found it just wasn't me, sort of, you know, mm -hmm. pushing myself. So I've sort of pulled back now. I just have a website that I haven't updated for some time, uh, which I'll probably just update as I do stuff. So yeah, promotion is still something I'm struggling with. And so, what are your plans for the future? Well, as I said before, I'm retiring next year, and I want to get back into my work. I already have some ideas that I'm working on Ooh, and, and, okay. work, and work towards another exhibition. Ooh, awesome. I look forward to seeing it then. Yeah. And yeah, that's all we have time for today, Graham. So thank you so much for being a part of Out of Frame. This is the last episode, so I'm very happy that you could be a part of this and share your story. Thanks, Anthea. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you for joining me for the final episode of Out of Frame and a massive thank you to our fantastic guest, Graham Pages Oliver. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can find out more information about Graham and his magnificent work on his website, pages, spelt P 
pajez.com.au. I hope you enjoyed this podcast series and that it perhaps inspired you to tap into your own inner creative or simply to get out there and support our local artists. I'd like to thank my amazing guests once again for allowing me into their studios and sharing their stories. It has been an absolute pleasure.